Hello, good evening and welcome to the sixth episode of Chalk Talk here live on Microbrew Radio. Tonight's show, we do have Reggie Gill here with us live in the studio. But before we start tonight, we are going to have a minute's silence just in memory of the tornado, Jason Twist, who recently passed away. He was an England international and world champion and we're going to honour him right now. So if you'd like to join with us, we will start right now. Okay, thank you for everyone that joined in with us there. Um, I'm sure you'll be looking down and would have enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, rest in peace, Jason. So, on to today's show. Reggie, finally put a face to the name. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's great to have you on. You know, as soon as I started doing this on the first week, the amount of people that said to me, you need to get Reggie on the show, he's got a lot to say. And then, you know, you said it yourself as well, so... So here we go. We've obviously got to squeeze it into an hour, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have you back on at some point anyway. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no. Listen, Derby's own, Reggie Gill. Um, you excited? Uh, Bit nervous? I'm, no, no, not at all. It's uh, never, never, should I say, never been uh, one of my things to be shy or should I say to be uh, apprehensive in front of a, a camera or as some would say, Facebook Live's very own. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, if you do have any questions for Reggie tonight, please go on to microbrewradio.com. You could submit them on there or you can drop me a message, um, a direct message on Facebook and I will ask as many as I can um, that go along with the show itself. Um, so yeah, when did you start playing, well, Q Sports in general, because I know you were a snooker player before. Uh, long, long time ago, talking probably, I think my first contact with a snooker table would probably be round about 1978-79, which is quite a few years yeah, ago yeah. for some of your younger listeners, <laughs> some of your younger players listening in, probably think, when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so how, how, did, you know, how did you get started with playing? Uh, in a nutshell, I think back then, for those senior players that are still playing, like myself, would be familiar snooker was the thing so of course for me as a youngster watching my earliest memories of snooker were always all about uh were about higgins the late alex higgins should i say so that's pretty much where i started out watching alex higgins and then of course the arrival of steve davis around about sort of in 79 80 mm-hmm. so of course that's where i 
first love to get on the green bays. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so obviously you started with snooker, as you, as you say, back then that was that was the thing to do. What made you kind of make that change to go into pool? Uh, two reasons. Snooker throughout the 80s, firstly, there was never much money about, so contrary to how it is today where there's a lot of this, you go into pool clubs and if you play for a club, there's free table, there's free light, that type of thing to bring people through the door. Back then you had to pay for everything. And if you were sort of, in my situation, one of five children, there was never much spare money. So, of course, trying mm-hmm. to pay for an hour or two of snooker as a virtual kid, you couldn't do so. You had to look for opportunities in community centres or halls where there might be one table and 20 kids wanting to yeah, play. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So, very tough. Very tough, very tough. But, I mean, you made that change into pool. Um, obviously, you've been about a while, very popular. Um, talk to us about, you know, what you've, what you've won over the years. Oh, well, very quickly, I'll just go back to the pool. That started when I first made that, if you like, transition or slight transition was in 90, end of 92. That was through a mutual friend who did come and play snooker with me, but he also used to play in the leagues in Derby on a Thursday. Okay. Uh, some will recognise the name when I say it. That was the good friend of mine called Kieran Irons, uh, who still works at Derby. I've worked with him recently. So... Thank you, Kieran. Firstly, let me just say that I had to give him a mention. So that's where my pull. But going through what we've done or what I've done in pool, how long have I got? But uh, not that, I, not that. No, that probably sounds like I'm boasting. I'm not. What I'm saying is, it's. If you, you've if been you, involved a while, haven't yeah, you? So if you want to count everything or count, I'll go over the main highlights and probably say, well, played league pool for so many years in and around Derby, and then later on moved into another team and met a character which most of you listening, if not all of you listening, should be aware of in Derby, who is probably widely regarded as Mr Poole for everything he did, uh, and give us our opportunities to play at England Bapto level, which is John Attridge. So I met John around about 95, 96, that sort of time, and made the transition to his team. And then obviously from there, having won league titles in Derby, the Thursday night leagues and cups and everything else, because you have like the three things, the League Cup, the Super Cup, and of course the League. Stayed with John for a while, for a few years, obviously doing the England Bapto thing, which we got involved in in 97, 98, through till about 2001. Uh, And of course, I think we were runners-up twice in the World Championship final, that squad. We didn't manage to win the Bs, the B section, the A's were mainly triple pros, three uh, PO pro, mm-hmm. and 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 so on. And then, of course, I think for me, it's apart from a normal domestic level. I think uh, winning uh, honors with the teams on Thursdays and uh, never. That's one title I never did get my hands on, and that was the Thursday night singles. It was always a tough one to win with it being a short format, old EPA rules, Sunday rules. If you're familiar oh, okay. with those, yeah, yeah, very tough one to win, and some some great names that have won that in Derby. Uh, some some of you that were listening, probably if John and Rob Chambers are listening, they'll know who I'm talking about when I say like Lee Stevenson's obviously won that a number of times. Probably the most times, I think, in Derby, more than anybody. And, of course, Steve Simpson's won it, I think, a couple of times. And, and so on and so on, Marcus Smith, etc., etc. So, But, yeah, moving on from that, then it was all Bapto, which was very prominent uh, in Burton, mm-hmm. here. 
at the time, obviously, and later on. So we, we started playing, obviously we were playing that anyway at the late 90s. And then, of course, I think around about 2003 was the first time for me, I think my first weekend away was 96 with John. And my first probably contact with any player from Burton came in that weekend. And that's okay. a, a name that most around these parts would be familiar with would probably be Mick Shaw and he came with us to Bapto in 96 and that was probably my first weekend away with John Attridge okay. as a, a national tournament so it was the first time I'd come out of Derby and gone and play at some tournament at the Tower Ballroom mm-hmm. which we don't play there anymore but it was a very trust me John and Rob would tell you this as well it's a very special place to play if you've been lucky enough in your time to play there alright okay so the only time we see that on the telly these days is when uh, we saw Strictly come dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So that um, the Thursday night singles, the one that got away then? Well, no, I mean, the, 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 the singles never happened in Derby, but the, the, the team event thing we did at Blackpool, uh, I think we made the latter stages, but obviously we, we lost out narrowly. That was my first weekend away. We lost on a fluke as it goes, 4-3. But these were all team events. And then, of course, a couple of years later, to, well, a couple of years, I, I started to do the Great Yarmouth thing, I think three-man thing. I did that for a couple of years, 97, 98, and then started to get into the refereeing side with John. So I did a lot of refereeing over the years or with John, travelling here and there. And we, uh, you know, I still remember John and Rob and Mark, Mark Sherrett winning, I think it was in 99, it was the last year, it was Castlemaine, Forex. Uh, I think it was run under at Great Yarmouth and they won the threes that was in 99 I'm yeah. pretty sure 99 if my memory serves me well uh, and then I was refing over at uh, the Talbot room I think the same year when uh, another good friend of mine came to prominence first time I met him and that was winning the sevens that was the format back then it's now a five man format mm-hmm. so of course having seen all this and desperate to want to play and obviously and try and make sort of make my own inroads into try and winning one of these events as a team player even winning anything is important yeah, winning course. that feeling of winning is winning mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're in a team event singles doubles that winning feeling is it's a good habit to have so that's pretty much where it for me if you like where I got my teeth into thinking yes I like this. This is yeah. and and as this started to happen, the snooker sort of got more and more pushed. Yeah, of course, into of the course. background. So, but surely, because you couldn't really, sorry, you couldn't really pick up a snooker cue once every so often and expect to play to a high level or a decent club level. Whereas with Paul, if you had some sort of de- a, sort of ability, you didn't have to play it all the time. You just need maybe to warm up and yeah. play for a short while and find your own groove so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so in terms of, obviously, that was when you kind of made that jump into pool, as you say, pushed the snooker away. How much since then would you say the game's evolved? Oh, incredible. You know, when I look back from the late night, well, even from the 90s to this last five, ten years, uh, okay, I'll say maybe not ten years, but a bit more, maybe 15. But the last 10 to 15 years, the facilities uh, around the Midlands, okay, let's just say the Midlands, for example, clubs that are opened and the opportunities and the amount of tournaments, the amount of knockouts, regular things that are going on have just increased massively compared to the 90s. In the 90s, there were players from that era will tell you, they were just far and few between. And 
and of course traveling doing tours and stuff was always difficult with regards to people who have full-time jobs and especially if those had families yeah of course so never easy never easy to to juggle everything to make it work and to try and be successful when you had other things going on away from the table yeah it's it's hard because life life definitely does get in the way at times oh 100 percent you know you just you can ask any player who's done the two if you like that sort of having a family even as a youngster and then trying to balance that with pool and the more you chase uh strive for i don't know for honors and trying to win things and putting yourself sort of in the frame for those by entering these events at blackboard and here and there and trying to put some sort of timing on the table to be ready for it uh and then in between all that you've got some sort of life elsewhere with kids and stuff if you have a partner or you're married that type of thing trying to buy a house whatever it might be so you, you try and weigh that up and say what's more important and that's why you see a lot of players disappear from the game at times because we see some really hot t- bright talents sort of teenagers at certain times over the decades but then they go into other things like they maybe have they find a partner, they have children. And of course, Paul then takes a very much a backseat, pretty much in a lot of cases, just disappears for many years. And suddenly you see them 15, 20 years later. And you think, where did you go? What have happened to you? Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened to them. Life is what yeah. happened to them. Like that's, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Life is what happened to them. Um, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about Desi Daredevils because I know I know you want to talk about this and um, a couple of people have said to me this is coming a couple of people have said to me you've got to get him to talk about it so here we go the floor is yours okay firstly let me say 2003 was where this journey for me started uh having gone to Bridlington with John and John getting us into BAPTO 2003 as a seven-man outfit which is really just a decent good Thursday night team there was no monster players in that side we regard as monster players as special players but just seven players that could play the game to a decent standard and amazingly we just everything worked for us things went well players performed and we were lucky enough to win the national team trophy 20 years ago this year against the side from Yorkshire, which we're very familiar with those lads, the Websters, Shane Webster and, and, and that crew and one or two others. I think Nick Woolerton, God rest him, has passed away recently, was in that side. I'd have to check that, but I'm pretty sure he was. And Paul, Paul Sullivan, one or two others. And uh, So for me, that's where it started. This, And then over the next couple of years, having finally got my hands on one of the big ones, something I, I really craved after that 1996 weekend, for the next few years, I'd gone there and then I moved into a team, the George Cross with Dave Shaw at Derby. And we went and we won the silver plate, obviously, which is like the second tier event at BAPTO a few years later, 2007. I think me and Tom Catchman had an absolutely flying weekend that week. I think we won 23 from 25 legs uh, in that weekend, losing just one leg each. So we won the plate and, and it went on from there. And then for a few years, it was just either refing at an event with John. Anyway, I noticed throughout the years with making contacts with the Wolverhampton lads, and this is where the story starts regarding Desi Daredevils. I always had this vision looking at Wolverhampton and how many good lads there were around Wolverhampton, Coventry area, this that neck of the woods, West Midlands. And I always had this thing that I'd love to do 
my own all Asian side like we had a lot of the good lads but we didn't have enough in Derby to perhaps make a strong enough five to go and participate realistically at one of these events without embarrassing ourselves but then I got to a certain point around about 2010, 11, 12 and suddenly there emerged other players like you know and then I'll mention the names the original lineup obviously myself uh, team captain and then there was like Ravi, young Ravi Talwar that come through left-hander, very promising talent, very good player. Uh, and then somebody that you have had been, that's already had a mention on here with from Daryl Hibbard was, of course, Chaz Bogle. They call him the bot. Uh, Chaz, another good steady stick, can hold his own against most players. Yep. And then there's a couple of other lads who, different styles. Cullinich is obviously a very flamboyant type player, a tight-minded player. And then there was Jazz, Jazz Talwar, who, Ravi's cousin, who was the opposite, who we like to call the Peter Ebden of Paul. But very steady, but got the job done. Yeah. Didn't run around the table, but winning is winning. And mm-hmm. that's the original five lineup at BAPTO 2012. That's where the story started, where I put that five in. We didn't particularly do that well. We ended up in the second tier event and can't remember what, what stage we won a couple of games and I think we may have got to the quarters or last 16. That's where it started, ah. 2012. Yeah, brilliant. And and how did that feel? You know, the, the first Asian team you've uh, taken was, from Derby. From, yeah, it was massive for me because, okay, we didn't win anything, but this wasn't about, there was no expectation to in anything. This was yeah. just, could I put together a five-man squad all wearing the same, all of us of Indian origin. Obviously, all our parents and families originate from the old country. So it was about, could I, could I first and foremost, could I achieve this? So that, for me, was just massive to have been able to achieve it, to walk out with these tops on that we designed. And the name was sort of like, what should the team name be? And we, we kind of got to Desi Daredevils in the end after a few other obvious, more obvious suggestions. And then the end, we said, well, that sounds really... I know there's something about this, and this is always our own, and of course Daredevils is is a very flamboyant name, because you dare, you're a devil, that type of thing, so of course we dare, you know, we dare to believe, so Desi Daredevils seemed a fitting, a fitting title for this team, with some of the characters in it, and their personalities, you know, so yeah, that's yeah. pretty much if you like, where it was all formed or how it came together. Yeah, it's a very catchy name. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's one uh, we grew to love and, and still do. And the long-awaited comeback of this team at national level should already have happened this year at Golden 8-Ball and at BAPTO. But due to certain crashes of computers for, for the first one in October... And of course, didn't get in because the way we ended up on a waiting list. And of course, now again, Bapto filled in record time, and I didn't manage to get the side in. And again, on the rating list, so it's really sad, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, but of course, let me just assure the public, there will be a new Desi Daredevil team. A new, I should I say, the team will still be there in name, but there'll be a few new faces going forward with regards to future Golden Eight Ball and Bapto events. So. The misdemeanors of 2018 have been laid to rest and the show will go on. I, as I get older, will probably only, at some point, I will still always be there, I'd like to think in a manager's sense, at some point, because the youngsters get better and better. Yeah, of course. And as a team manager, I always look and strive for perfection and the best I can get. But I'll come to that in a minute. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's brilliant and... 
I hope you do manage to get there. Yes, uh, I that, hope so. <laughs> yeah, that would be would be very exciting for you. Um, in terms of players, you, you mentioned to me kind of before the show that there was a few changes over the years. Um, a few big names came in. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, talk to us. Uh, okay. Well, firstly, after the 2012, in 2013, I went to Golden 8 Ball, and this was, it had been going one year in 2012. Uh, I'm pretty sure first year Edmonton Elite won it with John Sullivan and Ian Alley and uh, I think uh, Lee Anderson, which some people would go, yeah, we all know about that. But anyway, less said about that, the better. But the following year, I went to this, but I lost a couple of players who didn't want to come. Jazz and Cully, unfortunately, after the BAPTO first year, didn't carry on where I hoped they would. So that left me with a problem where I had myself, Ravi and Chaz still wanting to play. But you need four players. So, of course, then that was when I brought James Attridge in, John's son. So that was the start of James's journey with me for to the present day, as it goes. Uh, and, of course, Jack, previously, the previous year, had cleaned up and won the team event with Golden 8-Ball with John Chambers, John Giles, and... God, it gets me who the fourth player was. I can't remember. I sh- how I can't remember, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was John Giles, John... Ah, got it. How could I, how could I not have got this right? It was... Uh, obviously, winning lineup was John Chambers, John Giles, uh, Craig Lakin, and... The other name I just mentioned a second ago, uh, oh, my mind has gone terribly <laughs> wayward here. But anyway, those four won it the year before. But the following year, they didn't enter for some... Well, I know the reasons why, but that, I'm not here to talk about that. So Jack was coming back to play singles. So, of course, Chaz and James and them lot said, well, why don't we draft Jack in? Because you're allowed five or even six, two reserves. Mm-hmm. So Jack was going to be there regardless. So to me, it made a whole lot of sense to ask Jack, do you fancy playing with all of us? Because we, we all knew each other, obviously. We'd all played against each other many times as Jack was becoming, you know, fast becoming this really first-class player that he was. So, of course, it made sense to, at this point, that name came in in 2013. And we narrowly missed out on qualification, but went on to win the plate event, very, very comfortably. Mm-hmm. So that was the first taste of success for the outfit to win the silver medal. And without going on, I remember saying after we got it, I sort of pointed, I said to Rob, uh, who runs it with Sharon, I said, I'm coming back for that point to get the gold medal winners, who I think were, hmm, was it Leeds Scum, Lee Anderson, them lot? I think it could have been. I think, in fact, it was 2013. Yes, it was. It was Leeds Scum. I know what a name that is, but uh, <laughs> they won it. And I remember that was my words. I'm coming back for that. Yep. And so. you stuck to your word. Okay. 2014, we move on. Sorry, we go. 2013 was crazy because we started. I have to say this story because if Craig Lakin's listening, he'll love this bit. Trust me. <laughs> we go from Blackpool, and James Attridge, if he's listening, will love this bit because there was a phrase we used. We started at the top of the coast in Blackpool. We came down to uh, to Rill, and we played in Bapto, and we won the second-tier event there. We didn't have Jack there. It was a slightly different team. This team changed again, evolved to me, 
Uh, and then this is when Craig Lakin first joined Desi Daredevils. And I brought Simon Ashford in, who's another player from Derby, good friends of mine, James. And uh, I think we had another lad called Jordan Galdard play for us that year. Yeah, he did. Jordan played. So, it's a, 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 again, a different look team. Ravi didn't come, and I don't think Chas played that year. But we've gone on and won the plate. And this was when Craig Lakin first won his individual BAPTO title at Real. And um, ironically, the late Alan Marshall, God rest his soul, had got Sky there, which I don't know how he pulled this off. Okay. But right. that final was televised on Sky for Craig Lakin against Partab Singh, Craig winning narrowly 5-4. So what a story that was for us to then have the individual champion. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, uh, very quickly moving on to 14... We go into Golden 8-Ball. Now, we have Craig Lakin come in at this point with Jack Whelan and with Chaz, with Ravi, with James and myself. So we now have six players in a lineup of four. So I did what was called uh, a rotation system. And between us, after... The first few rounds, we qualified easily. I made the decision based on how I was playing, and I hadn't actually played an awful lot coming into that event, if I was honest. Mm -hmm. It was never easy for me to make this decision. It was a decision that was only I could make, but I, based on a conversation I had with Jack, I think prior to this as well, and I didn't, to be honest, I think just it was never easy going in for one frame here and there. And if you haven't played an awful lot, sometimes that doesn't do you the justice you deserve as a player. Tough to get the rhythm as well. Absolutely. So I made a decision, I think, from about the last 32 that I would let the other five go forward and I would just stay as player, sorry, as manager as opposed to player and team, team, team leader. So from that point, I decided, right, OK, We've got through that part, no problem. But from here, we still I still need to rotate because there's five players yeah, and only four spots. And obviously, Craig and Jack would always be playing. So the other three, it would be me rotating the other three as and when I saw fit and make the changes when I thought they were necessary. And courtesy of three outrageous results, I mean, being 8-6 down in the quarters to lead scum to Lee Anderson's side, who had changed the name at this point, they were defending champions, well, he was. We got past those from 8-6 down to 8-all and won the shootout. It happened again in the quarters, sorry, semis against Simon Fitzsimmons' side uh, to be 8-5 down and then to come back from 7-3 and 8-5 to level the match after a momentous frame by Ravi against Simon when Simon failed. Ravi pulled out probably the clearance of his life to keep Simon off them balls and eventually get us to back in it to get to the shootout and they won the shootout still remember Jack's outrageous fluke in the shootout fired the black to the bottom left from the yellow spot or from yeah from that side wobble wobble and all the way along the back cushion and drops into the bottom right still remember that still remember shouting out that's justice for the fluke they had in the match from one of their players missed to the middle, the right centre, and it went into the yellow corner pocket in a key frame in the match, which was a hammer blow for us. So I, I kind of felt that made up for what had happened yeah, earlier. Yeah, it swings and roundabouts, haven't you? And Find of course, us. we went into the final against four, four frogs, four dragons and a frog, and sadly, one of that team is no longer with us no more from them lads, good bunch of lads. 
And we won that on a shootout, having led 8-6, I think, ourselves, and then pulling us to a shootout. And that one went all the way through the players and went round to second time where you, where you go back round. And fortunately for us, they finally missed one and we got it done. So, yeah, you know, that was just the, 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 the best feeling ever. Yeah, so, I mean, you say it's the best feeling ever. It must have felt great to have started it all and then you go on and you get these players in and you then start winning things that feeling to then go and you know collect your winnings or trophies just well I don't know what else it's for those listening I have to be careful I don't sound like I'm going on too much so try not to try and it's hard to cram it all in but the feeling was just incredible to to get your hands on something especially after you'd stood there 12 months earlier and said I'm coming back for that and then to be actually there Coming back for it and getting it, getting hold of that trophy was just well. I mean, it's, I think it's one of those moments as a team captain and a player. You can only you dream about these things. You know, players play for twenty, twenty five years, travelling the lengths and breadths of the country, trying to get their hands on these sorts of moments, these honours. You know, just once would be nice mm-hmm. if you did it in, but to then have achieved to. To go on from there in 15, we didn't defend it. We lost to the team who we beat in the final in the last 32, which was, which was a sickener because I felt in that game I didn't play. I chose not to play in that one. And some of the things that happened were just so out of sorts for us as the team. The players would be the first to admit it. So I'm not calling anybody. I just felt it was one of those performances where things just didn't go the way they should have done. The chances were there and we didn't take them. So... And of course, Bapto that year, 2014, I'll skip past it, Craig Lakin defended the Bapto title in 2014. So that was something to take away from uh, that year. 15, of course, we lost in the last 32 at eight ball. And then Bapto, we lost, I think, in the last 32 to, it was Jordan Templeton's side. Slightly different side for us in 15, because we had Connor Jones playing that year. Connor uh, with Jack, myself, I think Chaz, and James, I don't think Craig Lakin played in 15. Long story. No, he didn't. Uh, and then uh, into 16, was was a strange time because Jack had, Jack in 15 went on to win the individual. Sorry, I missed that out. So Jack won the individual title. So again, we picked up something, but it was the time, that was when we said goodbye to Jack because then he turned pro. So... Going into, he couldn't play in Bapto anymore, certainly because pro's not allowed. The golden eight ball thing then, due to one or two things that happened, saw us lose Craig for a while, but that's a long story. And of course, we didn't have Jack because Jack was too busy with his personal commitments from that point, being a pro and other things clashing. So, So it then became, going forward, like me... James, and then of course, this was the emergence of a local lad that's local to all of you. When I say yep. the name, you will smile. Mr. Jared Cronier came along and came and took centre stage in 2016, along with another player who is based in Knotts now, but he was in Derby at the time, and that was Ryan Baker, that's from Knotts. And it was ironic because that year we got knocked out the main event. Simon Ashford, Martin Lager and James Cox, who's another Burton-based yep. player, 
made the final of the main event and we ended up in the silver plate tournament playing 2015's winners, which was Neil Raybone's side from Staffordshire. So the 14 winners were playing the 15 winners of the main event in the silver plate final. We were over at one side of the arena and Simon and them lot were on the other side with James Cox and they played uh, the Invincibles from London. Jim, Jim, Jimmy Carney and uh, them guys, uh, Brian Salmon, Jordan Sillett, uh, Dan Sparks. And they narrowly lost out at 8-7. They looked for all the world they were going to force a deciding a shootout like we had. I won the deciding frame. The captains were on. Martin was on over there, I think, and I was on over here. I beat their player in the last frame because he wanted it probably too much on a silver platter and give me one more chance. I took it to force the shootout. We went on to win that shootout. Unfortunately, Martin uh, didn't quite get it done to win the frame. Unfortunately, sad, really. It would have been brilliant if they'd have won it. You know, imagine yeah, that. Yeah, of course, yeah. Two derby sides, both winning the gold and the silver, would have just been yeah, have been brilliant. over the moon. So, sadly, it didn't happen, but a great effort nonetheless from them because they eliminated the side that was favourites to win it in the semi-final stage. That was, was it semis or quarters? It was uh, called Lakin's Lads with Dave Shaw from the George Cross. So he'd put them in and Craig Lakin had played on that side with Clint Ianson and Steve Simpson, which on paper... Yes, it's not bad, is it? fantastic <laughs> side. So for Martin Lager, James Cox, Rich Green and Simon Ashford to take them down and get to the final was just massive. Yeah, some that was almost like their final for them. Yeah, of course. So, you know, so of course that was 16... Uh, done there and in 16 we then went on to Bapto and Craig Lakin again uh, and myself and this time we added to Bapto's me, Craig, James and Jared. Craig now back with the Destiny Daredevils. We added a, a, a fifth part, a player that virtually wasn't in and then was in and wasn't in. And finally was in was Brad Williams and of course the story goes Brad comes in at the last minute couldn't really, wasn't even sure if he was going to get to time for work. What a story this was for him. If he lives to be 70, he'll remember this one. Because not only did we go all the way through the draw and play some good stuff and make the final of the event, uh, and uh, I think Brad also, we got to the final and we, we were 5-1 up against Murphy's from Doncaster. Looked like we were absolutely playing Taylor and suddenly... It come right the way back to five all, and James Attridge has played a great leg to against Billy Webster, and put us I think uh, ahead on the hill. I think at this point at five four because it was four each. Sorry, it was four one. It went to four each, and then I had to go on, and uh, it was uh, at the end of the first set I'd lost to Luke Rigglesworth because it was I think it was four nil. And, I, and he's made a great finish, skill shot and cleared up. So at four all, or at five four up, I'm thinking, well, if I lose, it's a shootout. So I, I can't lose the whole thing for us. Mm -hmm. So of course, I then decide to go back to the old ways and start tip-tapping around and asking the question. And in the end, he's played, some would say a rash shot, trying to open the game up. A ball's hit a ball, another ricochet, and the blacks rolled along the top cushion and dropped in. So I didn't actually win the frame myself, but by his error, his maybe a little bit of impatience, if you like, is handed us the title. So that was 16, moving on to 17. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to, I forgot one thing. 
Brad Williams went all the way in the individual event that year, the Desis, to make it uh, a, f- a fourth title in a row, individual, by beating Declan Brennan. You all know who he is now. Mm-hmm. You know, Declan Brennan, the young Declan Brennan beat Craig in the last 16, I think it was, 3-2. Craig Lakin, that is. Uh, possibly it could have been the quarters. Very disappointing for Craig, but it was such a tight game. It could have gone either way, and it went Declan's way. Brad beat Declan 4-2 in the final. So, of course, at this point, we'd had four years on the bounce. The individual title had gone to the same team, which if, I'm going to say, if we live to be whatever age, I'd like to see that again. If any one team can bring the individual winner from the same team for four years. So, into 17, very quickly, I'll finish this off now because there's not much to go. 17, saw us... Loose in the last eight to Savannah's after a good run. Good team, though. Good bunch of lads. JJ Fowl and Aidan Hughes and them guy and Paul Tickle. I think they had uh, Jordan Jones in a little bit of a discrepancy regarding the area radius at the time. But we never said anything because it is what it is on the day. It's not down to us to point that out. But uh, we, we lost in the last eight. Disappointing. Good run. On to Bapto, and of course, we ended up this time no Brad Williams, but we brought in another famous name from this region, just up the road from uh, my pub, and brought in on this occasion. Uh, what's his name? Uh, how can I even forget this guy's name? Mr. Mr. Brett, Brett, Brett Bailey, and he uh, did a fantastic job for us. Uh, overall, you know, we had we had one or two frames that even he probably wasn't the best pleased about but but you always do but I think the player of that tournament uh for the certainly for the last two was definitely Jared with his stats was amazing absolutely flying great leg against the Manchester lads you know two fantastic legs in fact they're the ones that stand out against Del Redmond's side them guys Jared's just shot the lights out literally shot the lights out of them frames I don't think you'll never play Many better frames if he in many tournaments or Bapto again. So we ended up going on to win it. Uh, we didn't win the individual. I think Brett made the last eight that year, possibly. I think he did uh, in that particular event. And then it was on to the final golden eight ball, which brings great sadness how it all came to an end. But we won that, bringing in one more player again, same lineup myself, Craig, Jared, Brad. And then I brought in uh, another character who's, what happened after always leaves a sour taste in my mouth. But loads will remember anyway, this particular player played well. I'm not going to mention names because I don't think I feel him, feel like I owe him this to even give him his name a mention. But those who remember the side will remember this particular player did his part and helped us lift the Golden Eight Ball title again, beating the Invincibles, which was the final... Uh, the semi-final, in the semi-final that they'd won it two years on the bounce from London and for us, we met them in the semis and we beat, we put them out in the semis and went on to to lift the title uh, in the final. So it was, uh, as I say, uh, just uh, an incredible journey. What happened after that, I'd rather not talk about. Team getting disqualified from further participation. Long story. The team is no longer disqualified. The team is welcome back, but obviously certain players, unfortunately, very sadly, 
would not be welcomed back by the team, by the tournament organisers. I hope that changes. If Sharon's listening, I really hope at some point, Sharon, you can forgive people for their discrepancies. Everybody makes mistakes in life. And after five years since we last played there, I'm sure at some point I hope she can find it in herself to to let those to let things go and and let players who were just 21 years age at the time who make mistakes you know a lot of people are not aware of all the facts and, and never will be I won't disclose all the facts I don't see I don't see I need to I made my own mistake that day but I think that's a mistake that most of us have done in the last 30 years of pool of crashing in rooms as they say you know as this one or the player takes great pleasure of reminding everybody every 12 months what I did, but that's up to him. You know, I gave him that honour to come in and play and uh, everybody knows who, without me saying the name, who I'm referring to. But anyway, that's old news, but that was the journey and it finished there. It was really sad it finished in 2018, but I'm glad to say with the new look side, it will be recontinuing and I will be there to lead that side out. And whilst my body and mind and eyes still working properly I'll still continue to play and do my part yeah brilliant it's it's obviously a shame it it ended in such way but as you say you'll be making a comeback and it's something to look forward to absolutely sorry for going on so much but do not do not be silly because you asked me the question so please at home I know I have a habit of going on I'll be the first to say it but when I was asked the question I felt it was a need to take you through that journey if you're not familiar with it so you know kind of what the journey was for this team and how many honours we picked up along the way, individuals. And and I did miss one out in 2013, and this was the phrase I'm going to tell you. James, if you're listening at a later date, I'll put this on my wall, you'll laugh. So will Craig. OK, we, we, we win the gold, silver eight ball at Blackpool with Jack. We go to, uh, to Rill. We win the individual and the plate with Craig coming in. And then we go to Treco Bay. One more thing, and the phrase was coast to coast to coast. So we went from there winning the plate to real winning the plate and the individual title. And then we went to the Welsh Festival of Pool with a nine-man squad put together, Dessie Daredevil squad, first time. And we went to their backyard and won their Welsh Festival of Pool with this side. We didn't have Jack, but what we did have was, was Craig, Shane Thompson... Dave Fernandez, Chaz, myself, James, Chug, uh, and I'm thinking maybe one other. The other person is the one who I care not to mention because he doesn't deserve a mention for his antics. So we had this nine to, oh, and Lee Gilbert, sorry, Lee, and Simon Ashford. So it was a 10 man squad. Pretty pretty lethal. My first three that I mentioned were always going to stay in the order right the way through. And the rest would be rotate one sub just rotated it was called at the time Reggie's rotation <laughs> and it won and we had the most incredible semi-final against uh, Craig Marsh's side uh, and somehow battled back from 6-2 down or 7-2 down and 6-1 in the final against Steve Martin's side the Cardiff Gladiators and just amazingly came good and won the Welsh Festival of Pool to cap off what was just an incredible year, 2013. So I'm sorry I didn't... Craig uh, got to the final of the individual that year, but lost to Craig Marsh. We all know who Craig Marsh is. He's won the world title since the, the, the big one. So great player, Marshy. So 
what a year that was and that's the one I missed so I'm sorry about that I know all the excitement I missed but it was just on the way home we were nearly out of petrol we'd taken the wrong road and we literally rolled into the garage so if Craig gets to listen to this I know that'll bring a smile on your face because he put a post on social media at the time saying you know you're blessed when you roll to a petrol pump when you're just out of fuel <laughs> wow brilliant stuff no it's um listen it's great that you can go on and remember these memories um as I say to everyone that comes on the show the show is about yourself so freely talk as much as you can Thank because you. that's that's what people want I, to listen to you know they're I, not going to want to listen to I me often, <laughs> I often get pulled for this honestly so please everybody that says come on Reggie give it a rest but I'm being asked the question if you want the story then I'm here to tell it that's it and that's why I'm actually I'm truly honoured to be able to put this out on radio and let those that remember the journey or remember most of it now have pretty much all the facts and the players that came and went and chopped. And I would just like to say one more time, uh, and this goes out on radio probably, I've said this posting it most years, for every player that's worn the, the famous blue jersey, you know, it's like, I'd, first, I'd just like to take this opportunity to say thank you to everybody that's given their time and put that jersey on at some point, some more than others, but it doesn't matter. Everybody that's done it, you know, it's a big thank you from me that made that journey so special. And long may it continue going forward with some of the new players that will get to wear this jersey. We will see a couple of new Asian players wear this jersey going forward. So the team will go back somewhat to being uh, so many Asian players and possibly, you know, half and half English players and Asian players. It doesn't matter. There's no, there's no racism here. It's just the brand Desi Daredevil. And of course, if you're fortunate enough to have worn it and won honours with it, it's something you should always be proud of and look back with great, you know, with great fondness. Because some players can go a lifetime, and I, I really mean this when I say this. Go you know, 20 years. I remember John Attridge will tell you the same. Year in, year out, going to these tournaments, trying take together a good squad, and just that little bit of luck doesn't get you. You don't win it. Then a year or two, you have different players can't play. So then you bring in other faces, and so on and so on. Yeah, so course. to have been truly blessed to have had my hands on the Silver 8-Ball twice, the Golden 8-Ball twice, and to be a three-time BAPTO captain, winning captain, truly, uh, you know, just, well, it just pretty much uh, sums it up. Uh, it just doesn't get much better than that, uh, I think, and... You know, just really, I think I'm just really looking forward to just over a month from now, I'll go to Morocco with Team India, playing international rules. I'm going with the squad. I didn't make the team. I probably missed out by three or four places from about 60 players. I finished in the okay. top 16. So I'm at 54, I don't think that's too bad, that's really. Bad, no. And I'm somebody that doesn't really play those rules. I'm just new to international rules. So between now and next year, I'll be, well, between now and August, I'll be giving it a damn good go to try and break into their master's side, which is my aim. Yeah, I'm not of course. too worried about the other side, the main side, because my age is against me now at this time in life. Mm -hmm. But if I can make that, then that'd be one, another magnificent achievement if I can put the time in and and get my game to where I know it needs to be, then then who knows? Yeah, that will be, it'll be a good experience for you, definitely. Um, no, thank you for all of that. That is brilliant. What we're going to do quickly, um, whilst we've got a few minutes before we do... I've got a few shout outs that need to be made tonight. Yeah, absolutely. But what we're going to do is, with every guest I've had, we've done a five-a-side team. It's going to be tough for you. It's going to be really tough for you. <laughs> it is. Um, oh, God. You're, I mean, you're going to be... Oh, God. You're going to be number you've one put, as you, well. You've put me... And I've got to be the first player. You are the first one. So I've one. got to pick four to get... Four wow. men. 
Well, actually, I'm glad we've moved on to this. So now it's time we can do something for the viewers as well. We've done the journey with Detty Daredevil. So firstly, again, thank you so much for, uh, for that opportunity. But yeah, I listen. Wow, you, you really, I mean, I remember This Dar is what I we're here Dar for, Reg. This saying is... this, listening to Daryl. Yeah. You, but, it, but you've put me on the spot. You really have. This is what we're here for. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Uh, Can't give it your all, easy. Ready when you are. Okay. Let's go. Okay, so I have to be number one, irrespective, that's what you've told me. So, okay, I'm number one. So if I had to pick four more, if I was going to a tournament, okay, let's say if I had to go to BAPTO and I wanted to put together four more players and there was no area restrictions, because it's 15, 12 mile, I think it is, restriction. But that allows me for Burton lads, some of the ones, because they're not more than 12 miles from the, the pub where we were playing from, yeah, so they're within. So... I would I would probably have to pick first and foremost if I had to take four players with me I'm going to say Craig first Lakin that is okay uh, I'm going to have to say Jack two of the the, the the big two from Derby that I've watched growing up I've watched both these two grow and become great players Jack you know when as we all know Jack became a world champion incredible achievement by Jack so and he's still playing some great stuff so them two first. Okay, now this leaves me with very, very, very... He's shaking okay, his head at me, guys. if I had to pick two more players, but not based on today's ability, I'm going to say let's base it on when they had their best games. Okay. okay? So yep. I'm going to base it on that In if I was going to a tournament. If I had to pick two more players, it's, please don't shoot me if I don't mention you, okay? Please. <laughs> I'm, trust me, I'm going to get shot for this. If I had to pick <laughs> two more players to go with them two when they were at their best to go in the team to go and win a, tr a, tr a title, I'd have to then pick Lee, Lee Stevenson. Mm -hmm. uh, don't all thank me at once, but I, I think, you know, that's just based on what I know over the years. And I'd, I'd probably have to... Oh, this one's so tough. <laughs> this one's so, so, so tough. But with the balance of firepower in Craig and Jack and then the balance of steadiness in the team, you would definitely have to... I would then go for something what I would regard as when you come up against other good sides and they have good... I, do you know, I, this is so tough to say, but in, at his best, I would probably have had to go with Bat, with Steve Simpson. So please don't shoot me. There's about 10, 15 other names on yeah, it. Of course shoot it me right yeah. now. No, no, no. But that would be a lineup. If I, if I had a choice to pick when these players are all at their pump, because mm -hmm. what Stephen Lee would give you would just be superb knowledge of how to win and turn frames around when they are not there to be won. What Jack and Craig would give you is firepower. Just take people out of the game for fun. Yeah. And of course, myself, I'm a mixture of both sides. Not as good as the other four, obviously, before everybody shouts, what? <laughs> but no, but I know how to play the old style rules and grind out games, but not to the level that Lee and Steve had achieved, no. Their level at these rules was something obviously very special. Lee's individual record shows you that. If you check the Derby Register, look at Lee's a five-time winner. Nobody's won it more, that old Sunday two-shot rules. Yeah, two Nobody's won it more. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of see if I wanted to get a good balance on the side, that's why I explained it, to say that's yeah. more of my choice. Not because I wouldn't want to include Kev Maguire, Marcus Smith, uh, because those two, to be fair, 
could probably take the place on another day if, say, Lee wasn't available. Would I pick Mark? Lee and Steve wasn't available. Would I pick Kevin Marcus? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm asked to pick five right here yeah, now. Then the, that would be my choice on on that given day. And say, okay, I'll pick these. Five, I'll pick those two with Jack and Craig. That's fair play. I mean, look, we do it. We do it to catch you out because I feel like <laughs> you'll give the most natural answer. You know, um, I feel like if I give you time to prepare for something like that. No, no, no. You know? So, uh, no, I'm glad you ans- answered it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And well, at the end of the day, it's your I fight. I don't think too many people would disagree with that choice if they were honest and looked at my reasons why and looked at what those four players I mentioned after Jack and Craig have achieved and the standards they brought to the table before Jack and Craig raised the bar, yeah. clearly. Yeah. So, okay. there you go. Brilliant. Um Listen, Reggie, it's been brilliant having you here. Um, it's been brilliant to have... You've been confident, well-spoken, and you've given insight. And it's, like I say, I said earlier, it's nice to put a face to the name finally. Oh, absolutely. Um, what we're going to do now is we've got a few minutes remaining. We're going to do yeah. a few shout-outs. I'm going to give you the opportunity first if you want to give any shout-outs to anyone. <sighs> okay. In the words of... Uh, well... So you, you sound a bit like Ken Bruce, I'm afraid, here too. It's 30 seconds. <laughs> my dad, hold on, show. before you carry on, my dad said exactly the same like, on my first show. There well, you go. I'm not so, sure if it's a good thing or not. Uh, okay, I've I've been on Popmaster and won that, by the way. I'll get that one in 2004 <laughs> with Ken Bruce. Brilliant. And the adjudicator pulled him up because he didn't give me two points for the Elton John question. So I was the winner on 23 points, not 21. So anyway, okay, first and foremost, I'd like to give a shout out to everybody that knows me and in between that I'd like to say whilst I'm here in Burton for all of the good players in Burton that sometimes don't get the recognition or the shout out apart from the obvious names that we know the big players that have come from Burton the names John Rob and I want to tell there's Mark Charities some of the but there's a lot of good players around this area that perhaps don't get the recognition so let me say that first and foremost whether that's male players lady players I've got to give got to give uh, Vonnie a, a shout out here she'll uh, love that <laughs> uh, I, no I've got to obviously been good friends for for a long time and uh, always been an ad, always been uh, it's always been something I've ad- admired about uh, Burton ladies seem spirits. I remember once having this chat with Vonnie and saying, well, we used to go to county finals and stuff. So I hope you're listening to this, Vonnie, so I'm bigging you up. But uh, but no, they had a tremendous team. You could never, you always knew the Staffordshire ladies when you were in the county's room. Yep. Derbyshire, Staffordshire. Well, let me tell you, these people can make some noise. Oh, yeah. you, you always knew they were yep. there. And obviously Yvonne and Claire Peaty and one of others, I mean, Yvonne's her, you know, her, her if you like, her, a list of honours and titles, how many things she's won in Burton as a ladies player, which I'm familiar with. And then obviously the likes of John and Robin and Sheck and, and one or two others, uh, you know, won numerous honours for the, on the male side. So yeah, Burton's got a lot, a lot to be shouting about. And obviously the players that have come through now we have, you know, the superstar, which is Carl, Carl Cope, which he's now right up there at the top of the game and along, you know, gone past, if you like, slightly past Jared and Brad, who are two of them, best players in this area they're up there with the best so fair play you know look at Kyle just shows any young kid let me get this message out look at Kyle's example if you're dedicated enough and want something bad enough it just shows the opportunities now with the tables and being so good pro cup balls all these just the best facilities if you want it bad enough it's there to be had and Kyle is a cast iron example of exactly that look 
it's there for all to see. So any youngster listening to this, my message to you would be that if you want it bad enough, the facilities, the tournaments, the practice partners, they're there. How much do you really want it? Yeah. You know? Brilliant. No, that's excellent. Um, again, thank you for coming, <laughs> Reggie. It's been, it's been brilliant. I'm just going to spend this last couple of minutes doing a few shout-outs that people have told me to put through the show. Um, you can have a relax for a, for no, a minute. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm listening to this. Brilliant stuff. Okay. Um, first of all, as usual, every week I give a shout-out to Mark Smith, who's been doing a lot of the promotion for us for this show. Um, he's been putting together a lot of ideas, and I massively appreciate it, Mark. So if you'd like to visit his website, it's www.ukworldqsports.com. For any snooker and pool lovers, get yourself on there and have a good look. Um, so we've got uh, someone you know, actually, Reggie. Uh, Kurt Morgan's got a money match coming up um, on the si- on the 10th of June at Q-Ball. It's a 5pm start, black ball rules, race to 21. £20,000 pot as it stands, um, and that will be streamed on Q-Ball Derby YouTube. Quickly, before I move on, he actually asked me to ask you about Mr Kipling. Mr Kipling? <laughs> hey, come on. Do you want this story? Because this is a great... I'll give it you in 30 seconds. Go on, go. County Pool Finals, many years ago, cheeky little brat called Kurt Morgan, very craftily, we're packing our stuff, we're getting ready to go with the chestnut landlord. Next minute I know, he's driven off already with his dad. I'm looking around thinking, where's those little Mr Kipling cakes <laughs> gone for my journey back for my lovely orange juice and my cakes? What do you know? I get a text message. Mr. Kipling himself has half inched them and laughing all the way back to Derby. So there you go, people. There's the story. I hope you're listening to this, Kurt. I've given you. I've given you. <laughs> oh, it doesn't even surprise me either. It doesn't. <laughs> Excellent. Mr. Kipling. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, swiftly moving on. Last couple of things. So we've also got uh, Kyle Cope's rematch um, with Daz Cheatham. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, that's a rematch. I think Daz won the first one. This will be at Potter's. Um, race to 21, Black Ball Rules again, 23rd of June, 5pm start. And that is currently at a 10k minimum pot. Um, next on the list, this coming Sunday, the 21st of May, up at Potter's again. It's the first ever all-ladies event in this area, uh, being run and hosted by Vinnie Loden. It's a 9.30am start. A lot of great players there, international talent, uh, ladies that you've seen playing on the telly. Um, you know, if you want to have a good watch, 9.30, be there. Um, Vinny also asked me to give a little shout out to his son, Harry, who has broken his ankle and uh, won't be playing pool for a while, apparently. So uh, Vinny just wanted to say, Harry, that he is proud of you for how you're handling it at the moment. Um, and I bet you're buzzing after last night's win for the Wednesday. Um Big Mick, Mickey Blore from Greece, thanks for your message, I've just got it, I hope you, Harry and Jack, are having a great holiday, and uh, last but not least, on behalf of Paul Eaton, England are looking to send a Grandmasters B team to Malta later this year for the European Championships, any EBPF member over the age of 60 or on 60 that would like to be considered, please get in touch with Paul Eaton. Um, that is all of the shout outs for today, if I missed anyone out, I apologise. Reggie, it's been fantastic having you on the show, thank you very much for coming in. Absolutely, and uh, as I said, uh, it's pleasure is to be fair all mine for having the opportunity to share uh, all of those great moments uh, in that that era between 2012 and 2018, that five six year period, which it's almost like a dream come true when I look back. But thanks again, and I'm sure at some point I don't know when it will be. You'll probably ask me to come back and and sit in with you again. And if that does happen, then again I'd be more than happy to. Uh, share my time with you and the the listeners 
who love pool and all that it brings and all the joy that it can bring to those playing at the moment and those that are going to be tomorrow's heroes and champions. So on that note, I'm going to say thank you very much and uh, good evening to everybody. And it's about time I went and got some a tweet. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> no, really appreciate that, uh, Reggie. It has been brilliant. Um, tune in next week, please, 6 till 7 o'clock, live here on Chalk Talk with Microbrew Radio. We have Dave McNamara coming over. Um, promises to be a great interview. So please tune in, and I hope you all have a great weekend. Thank you very much. This show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton-on-Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores, or just say Alexa, Play Micro Brew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks.